So let's talk about trends. Mm -hmm. Because I'll start off by saying I think they're literally stagnant. I think that there's gender, there's sustainability, there's culture. You know, they're kind of like the key big trends and everything else kind of rotates underneath them. But the idea that we were talking about previously of this is the hot colour or you must have plus fours or, you know, if you haven't got this necklace, you're not in fashion. Yeah. Come on, tell me what you think. Uh, yeah, I think it's funny. For quite a few years now, I, um, you know, the trend from the shows has been there are no trends. Um, and I love the way that fashion editors really thought they were, you know, like having this giant epiphany when they were like breaking news. You know, we're actually telling you this magazine has no useful information in it because there are no trends. It's like, why would you do that? Um, so, uh, yeah, but I, I would say definitely, I, I don't feel like I, I, I see any, you know, uh, when I couldn't, I couldn't like sum up last season, I couldn't sum up the season before, I think it's a lot more disparate. Um, and also I wonder, you know, it, there is this whole thing like it, three makes a trend, which of course it's really easy to go around and start like making trends out of all sorts of things that definitely aren't trends. Um, and, and, but then I, I still, I'm not, you know, I think the, the problem with that is you end up yeah, seeing trends that aren't trends because people will push something one season that you're like, but that's just not gonna like that's just not gonna catch on. That's not something that people are interested in. Um, but yeah, I think again, going back to what we were speaking about before, I think the the, the wider macro trend is really one of identity, mm. which has really pushed everyone to be like you be yourself, and of course that means many, many, many different things, especially in terms of like what you're wearing, because you know, you, it, mean, it means it's eclectic, it's, it's a mix. So it's not gonna follow this sort of formula of like brown skirts are in or green jumpers are in or everyone wear a boiler suit. Um, again, because that idea of identity as, as the bigger trend goes against this idea of then being sort of kettled into, hey, oh, wear this boiler suit. Like, you know, for me personally, I never wanted to be wearing stuff that other people were, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be like, I see a beautiful dress and I'm so excited by it. And then I put it on and then you just like, oh, when you see someone else wear it, it just ruins the, everything about it. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not the only one, obviously, who, who feels that way. So, yeah, I think, I think when, when you look back at trends in publications, there was sort of two things. Number one, it was a, it was a rhythm that happened was that when everything was over, you did your trends round up. But more than that, the artificiality of it was to try and give everybody a name check in your publication by including a picture. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And that meant that if there was one black jacket with huge shoulder pads, yep. only one in the whole show, that would be yanked out to go into your shoulder pads trend. It would. Yes, it would. <laughs> And what it meant was you were actually faking trends yes. because you were you were hunting for them. So you would try and find, you know, you'd be doing plaid and you would do a pair of jeweled sequin plaid Armani evening trousers and you stick it next to a tweed Chanel jacket and say plaid is big. Well, yeah, but which plaid or what? 
Absolutely. And also, I always find it really funny when they say, you know, something's big and then the designers they put in, it's like, yes, but this is their signature. So like, that's <laughs> like what, what, it's never going to change. Like, it's always going to be that. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting thing is that obviously editorial is all about packaging and fashion is all about packaging and obviously selling. Um, so, you know, it, it is that kind of let's search for that black, big jacket, whatever. That whole thing with trend and that whole thing with like, we, we don't need to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. But back to retro, mm -hmm. I think there's also this thing now that we are trying not to also package trend with saying it's 30s or it's 80s or it's whatever it is. It is often referential, but I think we've slightly stopped doing that. Do you? Um, I think I, I think it's difficult to comb the shows for trends for sure. I I, I and also because I, I'm not sure that's what an audience is necessarily looking for. I don't think they're looking for that sort of dictation of of, of what to wear. Um, you know, I, I just mentioned to you before about like trend forecasters, and I have been speaking to them for various articles I've been writing, and you know, it is such an interesting job because they're on the one hand it's like why but then actually as I've been speaking to them what they're doing is they're actually more just combing for information which they put together to create more of like a context and a backdrop and and then you can see more of a wider sort of panoramic view which then puts into context why you might be seeing various fashion trends or not or what but I I and I think that makes sense but yeah I, I just I don't know I, I do feel like this whole idea of trends has it's sort of uh i guess maybe the gap between sort of who is sort of maybe looking for them and who might be receiving them is sort of wider now because obviously the whole dynamic of fashion has changed um but yeah and again i think because you know those supplements those trend supplements used to be like really important because you would you'd go oh look it's red and oh look it's a floral dress or yeah. but i also think because we can now see all this stuff you know there's that running joke of like oh florals for spring you know shocking yeah. breaking news but we all know this now because we can all see it and because yeah. there are so many micro trends and because trends now come from celebrities rediscovering retro items so <clears throat> it's it, it's this sort of cottage industry of of, of retro and nostalgia that the designers didn't create it was that Bella Hadid discovered you know uh, a crop top from the millennium or some like daisy earrings or you know a, a random brand um yeah I think for me what's interesting is that Lee Edelcourt hmm. who is the doyen of all fashion forecasters and who in the past I've worked with very closely um, and who I have huge respect for. Her next trend is called gendering, which I find really interesting that it's not a change, it's not new, it's not gonna grab any headline, but it's absolutely spot on target. Yeah, yeah. Even before you look at the rest of the trend, you know that gendering is something that as a, as, as a start will get your attention to say, well, what is she going to say about it? I want to hear what Lee is going to say about gendering as a trend to her hugely diverse range of clients. Yes, no, it's actually, that's quite a loaded trend, I would say, actually. Yeah. And, and as you say, I'd be interested to, to, to know further what that means. But again, that's the sort of, um, 
you know, that's why I think sort of trend forecasting in the more macro sense mm. makes sense. But I'm not sure that this like looking for, you know, oh, we're all wearing leggings again or, you know, <laughs> but also, you know, I think we've all become way more cynical. And we know yes. that, you know, if you watched um, what was it, the September issue, and there's that bit where um, someone from one of the big New York department stores, which probably doesn't even exist anymore, sort of says to Anna, you know, we really want to push jackets this season. And she's like, I'll oh, see what I can do. And, you know, again, given the sort of the state of the world and everything, people want transparency in, in, in you know, very many ways. Um, and so, again, that it doesn't really yeah I, I feel like definitely this idea of sort of these people that pull the strings is being deconstructed somewhat but I, I do believe that the sort of macro element makes more sense because it's impossible for me to know everything that's going on in the world whereas these people have bureaus and agencies and they can put it all together and put it into context which as I, say, I found very helpful. <laughs> but there is also the question that in a sense that where Lee works in a much more intellectual and intelligent way, that that makes more sense as well if you're looking locally. Because the problem with trends, particularly now, is a huge trend in Sri Lanka and Malaysia, for example, cannot possibly be a huge trend in Denmark and Russia. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to, you know, what you said to begin with is sort of there are kind of core pillars, you know, culture, gender and, and all these things that um, I, I mean, I think probably in the past, those were sort of used a lot and, you know, obviously quite flippantly at times. Um, and I think also people are wary, obviously, not to do that so much anymore. Yeah, because I think cultural appropriation within yeah. trends is something that anybody who's got half a brain, let alone intelligence, understands doesn't doesn't actually have any function within fashion anymore. And I was thinking, funnily enough, the other day about all the major boo-boos that have happened, or the controversial collections, which have always been about cultural appropriation. They've never been about nudity or you know gender or whatever. They've that's always been about the cultural appropriation. That's actually very true. Now that I think about that, yeah, yeah, it's interesting because when you when you do look up sort of fashion historically, they just sort of in, in you know fashion books and stuff, they do try to push. The sort of obscenity of sort of nudity but actually that's never really transpired as being a giant faux pas you're right which is always why of course the great damp squib at the end of pret-a-porter the fashion movie is that they're nude nobody actually cared worried about that so let's just finish off hmm. with the idea that if trend and the idea of pushing a hot thing has become so difficult. How does that then filter down into retail? Because the idea that we always used to look for the autumn windows in the high street, a high street which has now been deconstructed virtually everywhere in the world with far less shop windows to look in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the proliferation of shops that don't rely on visual merchandising as well. Yeah. How do you think, you know, Uniqlo or Primark, who are very different, their window dressing isn't their selling point and their merchandising and how they put out the stories is left to the client. 
Well, so like for instance, for Primark, obviously it's the, the price, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's what sells it. And the fact that they are actually very good at nailing, say like a piece or actually, mm. I mean, again, I feel like now I'm contradicting myself, but I, I did actually go in there the other day and they are really, really good at sort of nailing retro and kind of, mm. but also very much that, that stuff that as I, I feel like the windows now are your TikTok windows and your Instagram windows. Mm. It's not the, the very physical window on a, um, a street. And I think part of that is because, um, I don't know, not, those, those windows aren't very magical anymore. Like I was mm. in town yesterday and walked down the high street and, even the stores that I would imagine something magical from just didn't really arrest me. Whereas because we are now falling into this world where it's on a, you know, your, your phone screen and you can be more in it. Um, I, I guess there's a, you know, that's maybe more magical. Um, but I, I do think it's more of a grassroots thing. I actually, because it's that whole idea of, you know, Netta Porter said at their trend talk, how, um, they saw some, they, they thought basket bags were going to be big in summer a couple of years ago. And um, they got in touch with someone to buy some basket bags and they couldn't really make them fast enough. So they just searched hashtag basket bags and basically whoever could get back to them fast enough and produce as much as they wanted, that was the, the person. Of mm. course, next year when basket bags weren't the thing, who knows what happened to that, that person because, you know, um, but, you know, they, they were searching, they were searching for their trends on Instagram and it was much more like a grassroots kind of the people and in in some some ways I think probably the high street not that there's much left of it but it's probably more I think it's more the the, the retail and the and the grassroots and and shoppers that are probably yeah creating these trends or, or demanding or making the demand than it is the other way and I definitely think again with the pandemic people being sort of locked away that that was a whole time where there was not a conversation between like customers and yeah. designers and, and houses. But what it was, was a lot of time for that customer to kind of go, who am I? Oh, look at this great coat I have in the back of my wardrobe. Oh, look at these great shoes. I haven't worn these in forever. So I think that definitely has had an impact on the sort of whole interaction or lack of it. Because I guess that's the big thing where you go on YouTube and you see these things with people unpacking my order from H&M or yep. discussing what they've seen in the shop. And in a sense, that that um, relationship between the consumer and the product has become much more vocal and visible. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. And, and, and I mean, that's that's quite that's quite fun. Um, like he doesn't love unpacking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th I think they should start surprise ones. That would be the good ones. <laughs> people surprise, surprise box, surprise boxes. And I guess that in the end, it's always about going back to where we were talking about trends. And, and this is sort of my final point is that I think the customer is better educated in yeah. many ways about fashion. Yeah. We've spent years bombarding them with information. And now at last, you know, people will say, yeah, but I, I look hideous in red. I cannot, there isn't a red, a blue red or an orange red. All reds don't work on me. So I'm not looking at it. Absolutely. And again, that goes back to, I, I really think that the, the, the strongest trend that has arrived in the last 10 years is identity. And really it's just, you know, being yourself. There is not one 
you know, like every every magazine now kind of has that as their tagline. Every it, that's that's the message that's being pushed. Self realization, self identity, your own personality, yeah. and something you and I both celebrate. So I think we'll finish there. Thank you so much. I will close now, sign off, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye.